are listening to the Jersey Guys Podcast, the show that talks about hard rock, heavy metal, AOR, and West Coast music. In-depth conversation and special guests are always on tap, so settle in and turn it up. Now, here are your hosts, Tom and Mark. Hey everybody, welcome to the Jersey Guys Podcast. I'm Mark Ballow, here with my co-host Tom Coyne, and today we've got special guest Dave Bickler, formerly of Survivor. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Great to be with you guys. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, for talking to us today. We appreciate it. Um, so I guess we would start back in your early days. Uh, let's go back to even before the Survivor time and talk a little bit about you know how you got into music. And I know you were in a band called Jamestown Massacre, right? And, yeah, yeah, and that was to me. It sounded a little bit like uh, Chicago. I don't know if I'm right or wrong there, but uh, we, we sort of did. You know, it was a really. It was a you know mostly a, a you know cover band, and then we just we started like trying to write songs, and uh, you know we. I, I mean, you know, I was just a, just in high school, you know, so um, we we did get it. We did make a record called Summer Sun. It, it wasn't a song that we wrote. We went to it's kind of a long story how we ended up going to the studio in Detroit to, uh, then they, we played our stuff for these guys. It was, it was, uh, uh, they listened to the music we had and they said, I don't, they don't really hear anything. Here's a bunch of stuff we have from our staff writers. Listen to this and uh, see what you can come up with. We found this song called summer sun. And so we worked up a little arrangement. We went in the studio the next day and recorded it. And it actually did get some radio play, which, which was great because, that was my my dream up to that time was to hear something of mine on the radio. Yeah. But but then, you know, it, it kind of quickly passed away and the band, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, broke up. But Yeah. Was there just uh, just singles released for with that band? <laughs> yes. There was just a single. Yes. Just one single. Okay. Just one single. Wow. <laughs> so was that, was that the first thing you ever did professionally? Well, I, I mean, I'd sort of been a professional musician since I was 11 because, wow. uh, you know, I, we, we, we started playing for my first gig was in the back, my the bass player's backyard. His sister had a, a party. She was in high school and we played. That was our first, my first gig. And then, you know, and, and we, we, we then played any gig we could get, you know, and our parents would have to drive us, you know, so it, 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 that that's how young we were. Yeah. And, um, but that I, I was always doing that. I mean, you know, that's I started, to, you know, my parents told me I was singing when I was four. They always heard me singing something. Put my hear on the radio, you know, I'd be singing it. <clears throat> so, so af- after the Jamestown massacre, I was kind of kicking around a lot. But I was the one other thing that happened with Jamestown massacre is I got into doing jingles in Chicago. The the bass player's father worked for J. Walter Thompson, so he. Um, he said, you know, I think you could maybe do get into this jingle business, you know, and, and you can make some money doing that. And so I got hooked up with this jingle producer by the name of Bobby Whiteside, and he got me in, and you know, I started doing commercials, and and you know, it they it paid money, you know, the checks checks would come. Yeah. So it was like, wow, because <laughs> we we'd play a gig and we'd get you know fifteen dollars split, <laughs> you know, that's that's what we would make our bands. Yeah. You know? So now is that basically where you met jim peterick to kind of yeah, well yeah i met jim I, I met jim peterick I, I i met jim peterick doing jingles yeah in chicago we were doing jingles together and he 
uh, he'd had a, 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 he had a solo record called Don't Fight the Feeling. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Me too. And <laughs> he, uh, I actually am on there. You can't yes. hear me, but he, he brought me in and I'm singing some vocals on the end of one of his songs, but he kind of, they kind of mixed it out, you know, yeah. it there. But anyway, then he said, Hey, maybe are you, I'd like to get you in, into my band, you know? And, uh, and I, I, I thought it would be a good idea. You know, and it, it was a it was a big change then because it was all original music, you know. So it was all right. Uh, and the Jim Jim Peterick band, as before that, had a a good reputation. So uh, you know, it uh, it was a step up. Now, how long after you uh, you guys got together did did the Survivor thing take off? Well, it was um uh, you know like we went in the studio and we started cutting you know demos and uh, we uh, we started chopping them around, but nobody we didn't get any any bites or anybody any but got back to us for like you know five months, and then all of a sudden you know the record company started popping up and and uh, we we ended up you know uh, going to going to audition uh, for Scotty Brothers Records. They uh, they expressed an interest in signing us and it was distributed by Atlantic and and John Kladner, who was the A and R guy. So we had to do one of those. One of those, you know, you play for the record company. It's like eight guys sitting in a chair with stone faces in front of you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you're playing, and, and your whole life is on the is on the line, entire career. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they liked it because they said we'd like to sign you. So. Okay. <laughs> so we did. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about the the debut Survivor album. Uh, it came out in 1979, and. Uh, yeah. I, I know there was uh, an issue. I, I guess when you guys were recording, you kind of had to change producers, uh, kind of midway there. What what happened there? Yeah, there, I you know honestly, I don't know exactly what happened, but there was tension between John Kaladner and and uh, and and Ron Nevison. Ron Nevison, you know, is this legendary guy. You know, sure. we went and did it. actually to, to, before we made the album, we went to a producer shootout. You know, uh, Roy Thomas Baker was there, Ron Nevison, uh, forget who. So, you know, it was a pretty amazing and intimidating thing. But so Ron Nevison, he wanted to, he wanted to produce the band, so they hired him on, and they, you know, they apparently he didn't like the direction it was going. So so it, it like stopped when he was in the mixing phase and when Ron Nevison, you know, got out mm -hmm. and, uh, then Jim Peter took the record by himself up to British Columbia with, uh, uh, uh my mind is fuzzy. That's uh, Bruce the problem. Fairburn, uh, right? Bruce Fairburn. Yeah. And, and Bob Rock was his assistant, by the way. Right. <laughs> and, uh, it, uh, it, it, you know, we were, when we didn't, so we had no part of that. You know what I mean? We, we did, they took all the tracks. So we thought it was, you know this much more aggressive sort of sounding uh, album, and it and it ended up being a lot more. We thought, I don't know, sub, it just we weren't happy. The band was not happy, and plus that that's kind of a bad thing to do, you know, to have that kind of schism like that, and yeah. suddenly it's you know taken away, and <laughs> we have no part of it. So I, I was I was unhappy with how it, it that turned out to to be, you know, how that album sounded. You know, it, it didn't it, we didn't get any hits on it, so. So we, uh, you know, and then that's when uh, Dennis Johnson and Gary Smith, who were the, the the bass player and drummer in the band originally, also jingle. They were jingle session guys. They were they were in Bill Chase's band. Anyway, so they're in Chicago, and that's how I met those guys. And again, doing jingles, same thing. So uh, they decided they couldn't. They didn't want to go on. So uh, we we actually went out to California to record the Premonition album, and uh, we didn't have a bass player and a drummer yet yeah. i said we'll find one <laughs> so 
So then uh, Frankie Sullivan knew Mark Dubay. He knew him from, he actually was in Chicago with the, with the, I can't remember the name of the band he was playing with in Chicago, but he went back out to LA and we went, we had, he said, I think Mark would be great for the band. And, and then we, we didn't have a bass player. It, I mean, we, and we went to a concert, you know, we went someplace to see a band play and it was, I can't make up Brown. I can't remember the name of the band. Anyway, Stefan was playing with the band and we said, boy, we should, we should get, we should get a guy like that. Said, let's. Why don't we ask him? So mm-hmm. we did. We after the show, we went and played. Would you like to come down and check it out and audition? So there it was. You know, we had a rhythm section, and, and we went in the studio. A complete band, ready to record album number two, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I which I really liked. I mean, I thought that was a good good effort. That's the premonition album. So Dave, I had two questions for you. One of which I think you just answered. How did the original lineup? Uh, the the classic original lineup get together and the other question was how did the name survivor who came up with that yeah i'm not sure <laughs> i <laughs> actually people think take- i could i think i might be able to answer that one for for both of you guys um i read yeah. that i read the jim peterick book uh several years ago and i think yeah. that there was something on i think it was said or at least he said it that on the back cover of the Jim Peterick solo album, there was a, a like a write up or something that said something about how Jim Peterick was always a survivor in the music business, and I think yes, yeah. I think that's how it came okay. about. Well, that might, well, my co-host could, answered the, the question for both of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you could be right. You yeah. could be right. Yeah, and uh, we and we did actually. I remember that being something we repeated that we are survivors because you know by that time we'd all been in the in the music business quite a while you know and uh so we felt like survivors yeah, yeah the original one we came up with we, we wanted to, to have it it was voyager that was our first choice mm, okay. uh but it was take it was taken we had to find another one so we got found survivor there you go <laughs> well yes. let, let, let's move on to to <laughs> album number three which was yeah. the, the big album that i mean most people are gonna you know be familiar with uh eye of the yeah. tiger uh 1983 or I'm sorry, 1982, uh, that yeah. comes along. And uh, tell us a little bit about that, about the whole recording of it, uh, you know, the song itself and how that became so huge. Yeah, we we, we had started working on some pre-production for, for another album, for album three. And then, you know, out of the, kind of out of the blue, um, how it came about was Tony Scotty. We were on Scotty Brothers Records at that time. They they were distributed by Epic Rec- Epic Epic Records, mm-hmm. and Tony knew Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone was sitting with Tony, and he said, "I want a rock. I want a rock song for the opening, you know, fight scene in the movie. I don't want it to be, you know, just I love I love Bill Conti, but you know, I that's I wanted something else. And and that there was a placeholder song. There always is a placeholder song." Mm-hmm. You know, in in in, in film production, right. it was another one, another one by Stardust by Queen, and they I, I don't know if they couldn't use it or they didn't think it he didn't think it was right, but anyway, production schedules were were getting close. You know, I mean, d- deadlines are coming up. So he gave those guys uh, Frank and Jim, who were our songwriting teams for Survivor, then uh, videotape. You know, of, of a rough cut of mm-hmm. the of the movie, and they picked out some stuff out of there. You know, and they came up with that song, and we. We literally, I'd never heard it before when we went to record it. We went to a studio in Chicago, CRC, Chicago Recording Company. And uh, we had all, we learned it first time. We never heard it. And, you know, put down the, the, the tracks and I sang the vocal all in one day, you know, after, after never having heard it before. So oh, wow. that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of unusual. And, but they liked it. And in fact, that demo was, was what ended up on the, uh, 
on the soundtrack album when they released the soundtrack. It was it's that it's that version of it, which is almost identical. So who did the? Uh, I mean, that that must have been. I mean, it was such a huge song and an impact, right? That 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 just kind of like put you guys in a whole new kind of playing field, right? It was an explosion, you know. I mean, it it <laughs> it, it had such a perfect promotional vehicle i don't think there's ever ever been a better one you know and this is a time before people did that you know what i mean the, the, there were very few rock songs like that in the front of movies in the body of they usually it would be around the edges of of, of the movie you know yeah. they'd have at the end uh but uh so it was it was kind of an unusual thing so you get the opening scene of that fight scene in the movie you know it's, it was i went to the theater and you know people stood up and clapped you yeah. know like Gee, <laughs> wow! Wow, that is <laughs> that song kind of, in a way, made the movie. It really did. It's like one of the few songs that have ever been done for a movie. That if you took that song away from the movie, I don't think the movie would quite be what what it was. It, it had, did have an outside impact. It did, right? Yeah, something about that song. And I, you know, people have always asked me, "Did you ever imagine it would, you know, be what was going to be that?" you know, big, iconic kind of thing. Of course I didn't. Nobody, nobody knew that. But I did think it had something. You know, it, there was a certain swing to that song, it, it, you know, that was uh, very cool and sort of hypnotic. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and now it just keeps, it can't be killed. I, the tiger can't be killed because, you know, it's always another, you know, little young kids who are, their, yeah, their baseball, baseball team is the Tigers. Right, and, yeah. <laughs> and they have to play Eye of the Tiger for their theme song. That's right. <laughs> What are some of your tracks on that album that you particularly? I'm a big fan of this this record. Uh, what are the tracks that you particularly like the most? You mean on on, on the Eye of the Tiger yes. album? Oh, oh, uh, gee. I'm, cu- uh, I'm curious if they're the same ones that I like the most. <laughs> oh, uh, feels let like me, love. Let me lo- yeah, I do like feels like love. That that ended up being like our our go to opener song, and still to this day, you know, when I when I go out and play, I always play that one first because. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, I'm going to look it up the album now because I, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's okay. I'm doing the same thing. You're allowed to cheat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to cheat, man. I'm going to cheat because it's all blend. It's all blending together in my mind. And so let me go back all those albums and then Jimmy's albums too. Now we do the same thing. Believe me. Tom's got a stack of CDs sitting here, you know, cause as reference. Here we go. Here we go. I have the tiger. All right. Yeah. Oh, Chill Under the Night. That was a good one. I liked that. Yep, me too. Yeah. I'm not that man anymore. That was pretty cool. That was that was a cool song. We used to that was like that was something we would play, you know, in the second spot sometimes when we do when we'd play in concert. Ever since the one world that, began, that was such a good song too. Yeah, yeah. The one that really matters, that was cool. Yeah, American Heartbeat was a great mm-hmm. song. Good record. Yeah. Really good record. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah, it, was it gets a good overshadowed record. by that one song, you know. So I think uh, through the years, this record kind of gets overshadowed by that one tremendous song. But when you really delve into it, it's a very yeah. uh, solid release. I think it was a pretty solid album, and, yeah. and it sounded good too. It sounded real good. It did. They, they, they did a good job producing it. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on to uh, album number four, uh, which is Caught in the Game, and that was nineteen eighty three. Yeah. And I know this is a real favorite of Tom, so I, I know he had some questions he wanted to talk to you about. One of my all-time favorite records. And, and without a doubt, in the Survivor catalog, including Jameson and yourself, this has always been my 
favorite record? If you could tell us a little bit about the recording process, and then I'd like to talk to you about a few songs on it. Yeah, I liked it too. I really, I really liked "Caught in the Game." You know, um, the title track. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the guy who sang. We had, we actually had some people come in and help us sing on that, and I can't remember. No, I can't oh, remember. Really? <laughs> Jackie, Jackie, don't go. That was a that was a good song. Oh, Jackie, don't go. That's that's a great song. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Ready for the real thing? You know, it was pretty cool. It had a really big. I, I thought the production on this record too was even a step up from the from the predecessor right I always liked the sound on this a lot it had a real yeah. big, big time production all, on it all of those albums were done at we were, were recorded the, the first record was recorded at the record plant in Los Angeles the other 3 were all recorded at Rumble Recorders in Canoga Park you know in the valley mm-hmm. um but, but it's a great studio it was uh, captain and Tennille, you know daryl dragon it was that was his studio that he built mm-hmm. and you know state-of-the-art everything great neve console and you know it was just a just a great place to work great a great drum room you know all of that yeah all the stuff that that you don't seem to see around then anymore today right well you know it's funny because i thought for sure that the, the, the big studio with mainframe you know consoles was going to be dead yeah. It seemed like they're going to be gone forever, but now there's actually quite a few places that have consoles. You know, maybe they don't have the the other big rooms and stuff. And the biggest difference, of course, is uh, you know, while they might have a two inch machine, you know, twenty four track, everybody records in digital, and it's it's actually you know it's better. Yeah, it's, it's better, and and there's so much uh, better ways, easier to to deal with as far as uh, editing and all that stuff. But uh, so where was the band at? I'm trying to gauge in popularity by this. This is your fourth studio album. What type of uh, venues were you guys playing, and and what was the ceiling that you were looking for in terms of uh, popularity and wh- where the band was headed at this point? Four records in. Yeah. Well, you know, we we, we like we'd gone out like in the first album we went out and did some 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 playing around at some college dates and stuff and you know we did a lot of clubs and then when uh, in premonition we did a, we did a, uh, some uh, the agora clubs we played a, did a little bit of touring with that but i, I the tiger was a whole different ball game we were out with the ario speedwagon and uh, kansas and uh, and and uh, triumph in doing shows uh, in arenas you know big arenas you know all of a sudden so it was quite a staggering change, and so, you know, and the unfortunately, the Caught in the Game album didn't sell well. No, I know. I remember when it came out. It, it was for whatever reason. It, it it kind of over the years had like always had like an underground cult following that album. I never understood why. Like the the, the album before it was huge. The Jameson stuff took off yeah, really huge. big the, the following album with jameson took off really huge and this record for some reason didn't and i, I never understood why but it, it over the years it had like i said i like got a huge uh, cult following amongst people that are really into survivor but i it, it yeah. kind of i don't i, 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 say, I don't why yeah i that i don't think they promoted that album right you know that that's that's the vibe i got then that that we actually we actually were going out to dinner with the record company people and uh, we're sitting at some at a table, and they're going. So when are we? When's the album release? I know it's it's got to be close. When when's the album coming out? I said, Oh, well, it came out last week. Did you know? Wow, <laughs> that's not a good sign. No. <laughs> and, and you know, uh, um, yeah. And, and I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. You know, with all that stuff, I, I have no idea. And it was. Yeah. 
odd because I remember it's going back into the probably the early 90s or maybe late 80s when the Survivor, the whole catalog was starting to come out on CD. They initially st- skipped over it. There was the first two that came out, and uh, the third had always been on CD. And then the Jameson stuff started coming out, and it wasn't until it, they were all out that they eventually, one of the Japanese labels put it out on um, on CD. Yeah, I remember that. It's yeah. always kind of been like a forgotten child, and for me, it's it's my my single favorite album in, in, in the entire catalog, which is, I've always thought it was strange. But now you've kind of explained it about not being promoted yeah. properly. And, th- and there were a couple of things that happened that may have had something to do with that. There was some contention with uh, certain band members and, and our product manager. I, I, there, were, there was a little spat that went on, and, and, and I don't know if that's the case, if it's true, but, you know, you don't want to f- really insult this product manager, you know, the yeah. guy, uh, uh, Cliff O'Sullivan, that was his name. He was a really good guy. Yeah, you do something like that, right? And it's like they uh, you kind of say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could be a heavy price. Maybe I yeah. just won't try too hard for you. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. So now, at, was it the beginning part of the Caught in the Game uh, tour that that you started to have the vocal problems? No, I had vo- started having vocal problems during when we were touring the Eye of the, Ti- Eye of the Tiger record. Oh, okay. I got a, I got a I got a polyp on my vocal cord. You know, it's it's a, it's pretty common. You know, it's a pretty common thing with singers. And the trouble with it was is that you know we're like in the middle, so we had to go. I went to a doctor, you know, the learned jagalogologist, one of those guys, and he said you have problem on your vocal cord. It, you know, uh, uh, nodules on the vocal cord can be, you know, you can you can have habits, you know, you can you can you can get rid of those without surgery, but polyps will never go away, and they have to be removed surgically. Mm-hmm. And I'll, so they did the operation. You know, this is quite a while ago, then. So science. Uh, was was pretty primitive compared to now as far as that kind of surgery. He yeah. said you have a twenty percent chance that you won't be able to sing oh, wow. at all from the, <laughs> the operation. Like, oh great, okay. But I, I I I came through it okay, but I had to go right back out on the road. I had two weeks off after the operation, and then I was right back on the road. Yeah. And you know they're they're giving me steroids and stuff. You know it it was you know it was tough, and there was some bad blood you know the, over that. You know there was a that caused a, that caused trouble. Yeah, well, I think I read in in the uh, the Jim Peterick book he he kind of said something, and it was no no slag on you, but he was like, you know, after Dave had the surgery, it's like the recommended time is taking a year off from singing, and it was kind it's, of it was a year right. a, a year that we didn't really have because I guess you were trying to follow up this huge oh, yeah. Eye of the Tiger album, right? And it's oh, an unfortunate yeah. situation. It's an unfortunate situation because there was no choice. Yeah. And and I I was on board with that, you know. But yeah, you're right. You should take a, some extended period of time off after an operation like that, and slowly work your way back up to you know your full yeah. deal. But, yeah. yeah. So now <laughs> well, I, I had to. I was on I was on voice rest too. I had to. This was really difficult. I got to tell you. You you know a, like a concert, right? There's you know especially a, a you know there's a big room, big you know uh, arena and stuff. There's all these people there, and and people want to talk to you, mm. but you can't talk to them. I had to write stuff down on a notepad, ah. and and boy, do you do you find out real quick how great talking is? How yeah. what a gift, what a gift the English the English or any language is to convey information because you have to parse it down to something you know 
uh, something real simple to yeah. answer a question. Wow. It was it was a bitch. So now you had to step away from the band. Obviously, everybody knows that. Um, there was about yeah. a ten year hiatus or so, and you came back. There was a um, a best of or a greatest hits album that got released, which yeah. I think had a couple couple new songs on it, right? And I think you actually co wrote one of them, didn't you? Yeah, Hunger Years. Yeah, and yeah. there was a song called "You Know Who You Are," which is was a really cool. Uh, harmony sort of coach showcasing our harmonies which were which were actually quite really good you know between myself and jim peterick and frank sullivan it was really a, a good blend yeah and you know yeah now that was the first time you actually had a co-write within the survivor camp right yeah so it took all that time and it could be a great <laughs> well they didn't they didn't want to share that they did not want to they <laughs> did not want to share that <laughs> so then you started working on new material at that point but it kind of never got off the ground. Is that correct to say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I no, I had a band called Radio City, which we sure we were sure we'd have to change the name in Chicago. A, a really good band, uh, uh, you know. And we made a bunch of recordings and uh, put a lot into it. We couldn't get arrested, you know. We tried to to shop it, and nobody was nobody was interested in it. But, but uh, I thought it was really actually quite good. What did it uh, What did it sound like? Sound oh, it was uh, I don't know, kind of a fusiony pop sort of thing, a little bit, you know. It, that's kind of what it was pop rock kind of fusion sort of thing yeah it was a cool band yeah so you couldn't really you said nothing really came from that and then nothing did no yeah now at that point you were were you starting to write new material for for a new survivor was there new material being written for a new survivor album at that point uh we with there was there was quite a bit of stuff that didn't get released that we recorded some of it's out on on the uh you know, out in the world on the internet and stuff like, uh, you know, Fire Makes Steel and, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of what else. We, we, we did a bunch of stuff. We, we, we spent a lot of time in the studio recording stuff during the 1993 to 99 era when I was back in Survivor. Um, but again, none of that really saw the light of day either. I, I think I saw you guys in 1999, possibly in Staten Island, New York. Oh, yeah. Staten Island, New York. Yeah. So I think I, I saw a show there and I think uh, Greg Kinn opened up, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Uh, that is true. You're right. You remember that? <laughs> I sure do. I sure do. I sure do. <laughs> I do. So yeah, then, good kid. Good. <laughs> so then, uh, then you, you said basically, so nothing really happened at that point. And then I guess kind of you were back out again from the band? Yeah. Yeah. I was out. Well, yeah, I got fired, you know. Um, <laughs> this, the, 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 the thing about it is, is that uh, a decision was made to, uh, you know, bring Jimmy back in. And, and actually, I thought at that, that time, sort of, that made a lot of sense for Survivor because his stuff was, you know, current. I don't know. Uh, um, the, the best thing would have been have us both sing together. But that, and that did happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, many years you know, later, it eventually. Many did. years later, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll touch on that yeah. a little bit. When you, uh, it was 2013, I guess, right? That you came yeah. back and Jimmy came back in the in the fold, and you guys were both uh, playing and touring together. How how did that all come about? Um, yeah, it was just Frank. He got in touch with me. And he said, "Now, before you, before you, before you say anything, just hold on. Let me let me tell you what I, you know, what, the, what I'm thinking about." And uh, by that time, I got to know Jimmy very well um we had done some shows together with jim peterick actually in, in chicago his, uh, his uh what's what's the name of that thing he had a uh, oh, world stage world stage thank you like in my mind is a little <laughs> you know full of cotton here but yeah the, the world stage shows and, and that was that they were they were very good he had a very good band and uh, we sang together so we got to know each other so um and you know jimmy's just was just a lovely guy he was just you know sweet really really funny you know great great artist i mean just a towering you know singer 
I've met Jimmy a couple times uh, over the years. Great guy. Yeah, great guy. I was really shocked. You know, we're just, we're just shocked when he passed away. I wanted to ask you, Dave, just as myself, as a fan, especially of the third and the fourth record, as much as I, I had indicated to you, did you sometimes feel that you were, um, I know as a fan, I felt like I was deprived of, of the band growing with you as opposed to Jameson, who I, I like a lot, a big fan and nothing against his records. I thought all the Survivor stuff, his solo stuff was great, but I was such a, a big fan of the fourth record of Survivor with you. I always felt kind of deprived that the that you didn't do that fifth or sixth or seventh record. Is that something that you carried around with you or is it you just kind of cut you know ties emotionally and mentally with them? You know, it- I mean, I do. I am sorry that I didn't get to do another record with Survivor at least. But, you know, it was so tense then, you know, it was just really tense. And so when I left then, it was it was, a, it was the right thing to do right then. Gotcha. So now let's let's kind of come up to the more current times. Obviously, your tenure in Survivor ended around 2016. But I, I believe, and tell me if I'm right and talk about this a little bit, but I, I think you started writing songs for yourself back around maybe 2009 or so. Is that correct? No, all the way back to 1984. Wow. I was okay. right. You know, I, mean, I, got, I got my first little home studio thing, you know, and I was writing songs. And, and, and some, some of that stuff... Uh, still, you know, they, I've got all that. I've got all those tapes and stuff, and, and some of some of those survived into the future. Those songs, now that I am better equipped to uh, make them come alive, you know. So you have a stockpile. <laughs> I have a stockpile of, and in a, in a, yeah, huge stockpile of stuff. Yeah. If I ever get writer's block, which I do, I just go and listen to something from, you know, I got all these files, you know. I'll put them out. You know, put the, there's there's a fan base out there that wants to hear from you. I, the, your solo record I thought was terrific, and uh, yeah, what what you got, we'd love to hear it all. Yeah, no, I was very pleased with the, with the Darklight how that turned out. That was great. I found I found somebody great to work with uh, here in New York. Uh, you know, Stevie D, Stephen Diacutis, uh, mm-hmm. Sounds by Productions. You know, oh, I yeah. uh, somebody else turned me on to Stevie, and I you know went in there, and he is just what I needed. You know, yeah. somebody uh, really. Uh, could could get things straightened out and get everything in line you know so it was really yeah we'll go back to prior to that because i had said a minute ago that i think it was around 2009 that you started putting ideas together for a solo album is that correct and how did that all kind of come about well i the first thing i did was uh you know how do i make a record i don't have a band how how am i gonna make a record you know and uh uh, i have had a friend over at sony jeremy holiday and uh, he he said I said I said the first thing I need is a drummer you know because you that's the first thing you need you need a great drum track and then you know you can take build on top of that you know if you don't have a band in the room you know you can build on top of that mm-hmm. so um, he said well this is this guy Ryan Hoyle you know uh, he's on he's out in California but he he's got a you know he's got a, a drum studio and he he was with you know Collective Soul and he, he toured with Paul Rogers and so I got on the phone with with uh, you know ryan hoyle and, and said uh, well i'm coming out so i went out there and uh we uh got drum tracks and that's the tracks you hear on you know on uh on dark light 
So it, it took you uh, kind of it was a, a ten. I mean, obviously you were back in Survivor for several years, but from that 2009 up till the release of Dark Light in 2019, I mean, that was a long process that you spent, you know, writing and and getting this album together, right? <laughs> too long, <laughs> way too long. <laughs> and and how did you hook up with? Uh, you said Steve Dakutis, who is a, an East Coast guy, a, a Jersey guy, uh, and and I know yes, him well. Yeah, yeah, he's a Jersey guy. Yeah, for sure, to the core. And uh, Adam Small, I think it's Adam Small. Was the, he's a he's a bass player, uh, you know, recordist has a website thing, uh, and he had like a kind of a music consultant sort of business going. And uh, he he turned me on to Stevie. He said, you know, if you want to get great results without downtown prices, you should you know check out Stevie, because it's you know not downtown New York. Yeah. And uh, and I I. Uh, when it was Steve, we hit it off, you know, immediately, you know, uh, had so much fun doing that. So you went from the, the West coast to the East coast now, <laughs> whatever, whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no. talk about, I mean, I know, uh, Steve Dakutis, uh, obviously being a Jersey guy and me being a Jersey yeah. guy my whole life. And I know a lot of the projects he's been involved in. I know some of his, his, his own material, um, great solo album he put out a few years ago with Corey Glover. Oh, with Corey Glover. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I actually saw them play live. Um, I did too. It was fantastic. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. It was I fantastic. Mean, he's an amazingly talented guy from, you know, producing to songwriting to guitar playing and everything. So I mean oh, yeah. I guess that was kind of the uh the kind of the thing that you needed, right, to kind of get this to completion, uh, the Dark Light album. Yeah, totally. Totally. That's exactly what I needed. I needed somebody to help help me pull it all together. And and he did. Yeah, as, as you said, he's a great guitar player too. So, you know, he took we we have some of the things uh, guitars I played stayed and then he also added a lot of stuff, you know, that was just, you know, another head, another, uh, another, somebody, another idea. And, yeah. uh, we'll talk about, let's talk about some of the songs on dark light. Uh, what are some of the songs that maybe the older songs that you wrote, you know, 10 plus years ago, was there stuff maybe going back further than that? How, you know, what are some of the songs you take away from being yeah. your favorites? Uh, well, yeah, I, I think hope is great. It's, it's sort of a universe. It, it actually was something that I wrote when I was in New York, living in New in New York City, after 9/11, it was sort of my 9/11, you know, song. Um, but it turns out that it kind of has legs as a sort of universal, you know, talking about hope and all of that stuff. Uh, so uh, that that was uh, so it it was it was lying around for quite a while, and and then other stuff was you know that was on Darklight was you know right up to the end was new stuff. So it was kind of a combination of all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And kaleidoscope, that song kaleidoscope, which is the second song on the record, uh, that's uh, something I from back. That's back from the '90s. That you know, I had a, that track again. Like I said, I'll I go back and listen. Oh, that sounds cool. Maybe I could you know go revisit that. I thought this was a very strong album. I, I, all the anticipation I had heard about it uh, when I heard it, I I was uh, very very pleased with it. I thought it was terrific, and again, <laughs> hope to hear more in the future. Oh yeah, no, it's coming up. I'm working on it great as we oh. as we speak <laughs> oh good we'll talk like some of the songs i i mean i i listened to the album you know i'm preparing for this interview and and i i kind of revisited it again and songs like uh magic what can you tell me about that i thought it was a great song. yeah that, yeah that's that, that that actually is a pretty old song that's from back in uh that's from back in 1996 97 sometime when i first got the idea for that and it was you know a song about my then girlfriend not my wife hmm. <laughs> And uh, the the kaleidoscope actually, my wife wrote those lyrics kind of. She, it was something like a kind of a poem thing, and I sort of knocked it together, turned it into 
you know, a, a song. But uh, no, that one goes back to that era too, as far as the original idea. How about um, the song "Always You"? I know Steve Dakutis kind of did a co-write on that, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, he he came up with a good bridge. That's a great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like, I like, I love the way it turned out. It just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a rock and roll, man. Well, and then how about songs like "The Sky Is Falling"? I thought it had really killer guitar work on it. A little bit of keyboards in there too, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, me playing the keyboards and Stevie doing all the guitar work on that. Now you you played, uh, you actually played keyboards on the first Survivor album, right? I did. I played the synth. Because I can't get you off that thing. You know. <laughs> um, how about Fear of the Dark? Uh, that's another great uh, song with uh, yeah, Fear really of the dark, yeah. kill, uh, killer guitar work on that one. Yeah, Stevie went all in on that because, you know, the basic song was there, but it came up with that whole intro section, you know, that ding, 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 you know, mm-hmm. to... It was, I can't even remember what it was before, but it, but it was a great idea <laughs> what he what he did with it. And, uh, you know, we, yeah, we worked really hard on it to sort of, that was sort of the album, ultimately album cut for Darklight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a highlight for sure. I mean, I, I go back to that and I listen to it and you get to the end and the guitars are just going off. It's a great song. That's probably my favorite song on the album, I think. No, I, it's my wife's favorite too. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, cool. So yeah. now you did mention that you said there there is more in the works. What's What's currently going on? Oh yeah, no, we're working on it. I've got to, we've got like three songs pretty much completed, uh, and uh, you know a couple that are, you know, well along, and so we're just moving ahead. Is this work you're working with Stevie uh, Dakutis again? I'm, yes, I am. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, and uh, uh, I'm trying to. I mean, it's it's a uh, the record company said that maybe it would be a good idea to put out an EP and, and we could leave, we could put it on make an album but they but release three songs you know first so I don't, I'm, I'm toying around with that idea now um are you speaking of deco music yes speaking now, of deco music <laughs> how did charlie. you hook up with charlie and deco music because charlie's an old friend uh, of mine yeah charlie was at stevie's that's right <laughs> you know, he's at the week i came in one day and just hey charlie's here and i talked to charlie for a long time and it was you know a sweet guy and uh you know so yeah we hooked up and and Deco Records has come, come, you know, done, done a lot. They've, they've really, uh, you know, expanded their, their, uh, their footprint. Yeah. For sure. Now they've been releasing a lot of good stuff. So uh, I'm glad to see that you're with them. And uh, hopefully, yeah, that's no, a, me too. Hopefully that's a good, uh, good relationship there between you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Charlie's wonderful. He's a wonderful guy. We've had him on as a guest. He was <laughs> actually one of our early, earlier guests when we got the podcast off the ground. I'm sure he was interesting. He was. I have to go back, I have to, can, I, can I go back and listen to it? Oh, yeah. They're all on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. They're, they're okay, all good. I'll, yeah, I'll go back and find it. Yeah. Charlie <laughs> Calv, uh, Shotgun Symphony Angel episode. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> cool. So any anything else you have going on currently or just kind of working on the uh, the new solo? Yeah, thing? I'm just that that's my that's what I'm working on now. I mean, I, I do some shows here and there. You know, I go out and play some gigs, yeah, you know, but uh, uh, first and foremost is to and I, I'm trying to improve my my production at home, you know, doing I've learned a lot. In fact, I learned an awful lot from Stevie. You know, he really taught me a lot about production and you know and digital audio, audio workstation and and all that stuff and help me to get a better workflow so we can partner better you know i bring stuff over to him and it's in it's in real good shape yeah i mean you know what unfortunately i think because of the whole pandemic the last couple of years right i mean your album dark lake came out in 2019 and it probably didn't really get a fair shake because of everything that went on the world kind of stopped right 
Yeah, you know, I I, uh, I I don't know what to say, but sure. I mean, yeah. the world did stop. The world definitely did stop. You know, that's 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 the truth. Well, hopefully, but, I mean, anything new you're going to put out, it's going to hopefully get a little more of a, a light shed upon it. You know, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll try to do it right. We'll try to do it right this time. Great. All right. Well, I guess, is there anything else, Tom, that you wanted to touch on? No, I'm, I'm good. Good. Well, Dave, we really Phew. appreciate the uh, the time. I know I know you're a little bit under the weather, and we appreciate you soldiering through on yeah. this one. Sorry for the, and because you're mine, I walk the line. You know, I could never... <laughs> I could never sing that normally. You know, I can't, you know, that, that's like the two more, three more notes on the bottom of my voice that I don't have. <laughs> Hurry up, go record it. You, you got it right now though. Now you gotta, you gotta grasp the moment. <laughs> I, I actually did one time before when I had a cold, I, I recorded something with the, my, you know, cold voice. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I appreciate it. You know, uh, go get some rest and appreciate the talk. Uh, and uh, I know, uh, I think uh, you got a birthday coming up at the end of the month. So we'll wish you a happy yeah. birthday in advance. Well, well, yeah, that's true. Thanks, guys. Happy Thanks. early yeah. birthday, Dave. Hope, Thanks for hopefully coming you'll have, have, hope you'll have me again sometime, too. I'm when that new come record back. comes out, we'll have you back. Definitely. Fantastic. Thank you. Definitely appreciate it, Dave. Take care, brother. Well, okay, take, take care. care, guys. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. everybody uh this is mark from the jersey guys podcast we're uh doing a little wrap-up show and uh we just had dave bickler formerly of survivor and uh, how do you think that one went tom i thought it went really good i was very happy that uh, dave was able to come on i know he wasn't feeling 100 percent uh but it went really good and for me i was always wanted to talk to dave because i was very fond of some of the albums that he was on and i always felt that i would have loved to have seen him record more with survivor and we touched on all of that and uh, i thought it went uh, terrific i hope everybody else thinks the same 
Yeah, no, I, I actually enjoyed it myself too. Uh, Dave's a great guy, and uh, I, I know I really loved his uh, his solo album from 2019. I think we both did, so it was kind of good to talk to him a little about a little bit about that and some of the songs uh, off that album. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it was pretty good. We hope you guys enjoyed this one, and uh, we'll see you guys back again soon with a brand new episode.